You're listening to The Hoof of the Horse, a podcast dedicated to farriery and equine science with Dr. Simon Curtis. This podcast episode is sponsored by Hoof Care Essentials Foundation partner, Badger Built Aprons. We're sitting here in the beautiful African sun in Somerville, which is the training center uh, just outside Durban, up in the hills. And I'm here speaking to Robbie Dawson uh, about his life as a farrier. Uh, Robbie, when did you st- first start shoeing? First started shoeing in the very late 70s, early 80s, um, here in South Africa. Um, that was that was the start of my, my shoeing. I worked for my brother, Johnny. And uh, yeah, it's just been ongoing ever since then. Okay, did you come from a horse family or a horse Oh, background? absolutely, yeah. Um, my whole family were horse orientated. Um, as I say, my brother's a farrier. My two nephews are now farriers. Um, so yeah, big horsey connections. My sister was a show jumper. My mum ran a riding school. So yeah, we were all, all connected. And your family's from this part of, of South no, Africa? No, my, my, my family, uh, obviously my immediate family, um, my mum was from, from Australia and uh, my dad was from Ireland. Um, so we were all born up in Zambia. That's where we started everything. Okay. Uh, now I know that you haven't spent all your time as a farrier here and you did go uh, to England for a while. And I wondered when that was and, and why you travelled there. So what I did was, um, after we complete, I completed my national service, which was two years, where I was utilised as a farrier for the uh, Defence Force in South Africa. Um, I did come out um, having a little bit more knowledge, not a hell of a lot. And um, I just felt it was the right thing to do to go and qualify as best as I can. Um, over over in the United Kingdom, having uh, in the United Kingdom, obviously having a, a British passport made travelling that much easier for me. Um, and uh, what I did was, I my first year in the United Kingdom, I worked in a steeplechasing yard just as a lad in the yard, which was a great experience for me. I'd never experienced that. And um, then I was actually offered the job uh, to to be an apprentice farrier in the United Kingdom, where I was assessed by yours truly, Mr. Curtis. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I got a shortened apprenticeship, which I was very grateful for. And uh, yeah, completed my, uh, my diploma in um, 19, middle of 1993. That's when I when I completed my diploma, and uh, that's a, that's was. And my, you were with Jerry Baker. I was with uh, yes, with Jerry Baker, who was uh, my mentor and a, and a great man. Um, but I also Jerry's connections, uh, you know your your Colin Smiths and uh, Gary Pickfords and those guys. They all helped out. Jerry's brother Peter also helped me out, and then I had numerous support from Hereford training college which was unbelievable um it was it was just ever so grateful for that for the rest of my life yeah and you were you were shooing there in the lambourne area so you were doing a mixture of flat horses and uh, and steeplechase yes that's correct and uh, quite a few hunters um and then uh, my boss jerry at the time 
Um, he, uh, we also bought some pointer pointers, and uh, he got me going on the pointer pointers, and I, I rode quite a few pointer pointers, and I schooled a couple of show jumpers for him. So it was all around real, real good quality of life I had. I, I can never regret going abroad. It was fantastic. Just the cold weather, eh? Well, you know, that does play a part in you. you. You would think with, you know, with part of my family being from Ireland that I'd have a little bit of tolerance and bread in me, but it, it wasn't to be. Okay. <laughs> um, so what type of horses are you shoeing today? Well, predominantly I'm shoeing thoroughbred race horses. Um, you know, I've got to the stage of my life where um, they, they're just lighter for me. I'm a very tall tall bloke and to be honest I, I really don't want to be in a wheelchair in my 60s so I find that the thoroughbred um, is is a wonderful horse to shoe I don't travel a lot so I don't sit in a car for you know hundreds of kilometers a day or anything like that and I've got a fantastic team of guys that um, you know everybody plays their part and it makes the job easy and um, yeah just really fortunate for for the people that I work for um, they, they've been fantastic to me and uh, yeah and I've got a great team and I've got a lot of support from from everybody in the area yeah so tell me something about the, the Summerfelt uh, the, the training uh, area here and the system well it's it's as you can see it's not sort of what you would see abroad in a fashion it is an establishment um, that's what it's it's really well known as. Uh, we have also got in a jockey academy um, that puts the kids through a proper apprenticeship. Um, but the the training itself, we got various trainers in the, that are allocated different yards, and the numbers increase um, in various yards. I mean, I think my top yard has got 140 odd horses, and my bottom yard has I think got about 41. So, you know, they're various sizes um, and they, they've got a system where they, they've got their strings of horses like every other big racing yard. You've got your first, second and third strings um, and your, your top horses are out early. Um, the times do change uh, because of the weather. So your summer you will start early because it's light earlier and, um, you know, the, the big horses will work uh, early in the morning because it's cooler. Okay, um, now, because I've, I've had the good luck to go out with you all this morning and, uh, and see, we went to three racing uh, yards and that was great fun. And you've got a team uh, of yourself and uh, five others? Four. 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 Four others. And you work as a team, don't you? You, work, you have a, uh, almost a production line uh, system. Um, so if you can tell us something about that. Okay, so, so the thing is in South Africa, um, from, from that point of view, is that uh, a production line, yes, you could call it that. I would say it's a bit more of a conveyor belt kind of method, um, you know, but again, we have to shoot numbers in this country because, as you know, our currency is not worth very much and it is expensive outlay, so we have to do the numbers. Um, so if, if you do the sort of maths on it, um, if you're sitting in a vehicle, you're losing money and you're losing time. And um, so we base ourselves here, um, probably the furthest I drive within the Summerfelt establishment is probably four or five kilometers a day. Yeah. That's how far I go. So, 
you know, from that aspect. And I have to get through the numbers. I've got a, you know, I've got commitments and what have you. So, but the thing is, we are on call um, seven days a week, and um, I can get to any one of my yards within five minutes. Um, you know, with with a problem that needs to be sorted out immediately, I, I can get there. So, I provide a very good service. Um, but on the on the whole, we. we 95, 99.9% of my horses can run tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, the system that I've got, um, it might not, people might look at it and think, oh my goodness, you know, my guys are pretty skilled. Um, you know, they are watched and everybody makes mistakes and they don't do it intentionally. But I mean, that is just the world of shooing over. Everybody does make mistakes and nobody intentionally goes out to lame horses. But, um, and I'm not saying it never happens, but touch wood, we, for the last four years, we haven't had any major major problems, you know? Well, I, Just, I have to say, I was impressed with the, the skill and the system. You know, you nobody was rushing, but you were getting through numbers of horses, weren't you? You had a good system and and you kept everything moving along all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just really productive. Uh, and, and it's a system that nobody gets fatigued. I think, you know, when you've, tired and you're shoeing horses that's when the drama happens you know the horses get upset you've been shoeing horses all day your back's sore the horses tend to feel it whereas this way it just it just saves you time it saves you energy you can put your good energy into the horses and it's just it's just great and and my team of guys are very skilled horsemen um, they've all been with me I think the the shortest one has been with me for nine years the rest are all nine years and above yeah. So we know each other really well, and the nice thing is they do talk my language, but I also talk their language, and it's um, absolutely perfect. The, the whole thing just works, which is positive and moving forward, and that's what we do. Okay, yeah, because I noticed you uh, you speak Zulu. Yeah. Um, so what I'd like you to say <laughs> is, okay. in Zulu, yeah. can you shoe that horse for me? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in Zulu, um, and what it's gonna be is I'm not gonna mention your name, but I'm going to mention a name which means uh, it's a respectful name. Okay, so it's going to be Ketla, which is the the older generation. So I'm going to say Ketla, please and get Ketla wena ufagi katule maashiam. So that means, please, could you, old man, please, could you put some shoes on my horse? <laughs> Very well said. I want to hear you. I want to hear the Zulu click. <laughs> All right, on to, on to a slightly different subject. Mm. Um, South Africa has had a number of associations over the years, but I know you've been something of a leading light in the formation uh, of, should we say, the latest version, yep. uh, which is the South African Professional Farriers association so can you tell us about that and how it came about in some of its history okay as you you quite rightly said there are there have been numerous associations in south africa and they've never really taken off we've had uh, membership grow and then it dwines um it it's sort of uh, it it seemed to be like a fad you know at the time for the first three months it flew and then it just all disappeared Anyway, myself and um, Robbie Miller, I sat down and spoke to him because of the, the Association of uh, Professional Farriers in America came up. And I said to Robbie, you know, looking at their system, it actually, if we 
kind of adopted that system but changed it for our ferries and the South African version of it and we, we, we spoke about it for for about a year so there was always planning going on in the back of your mind and Robbie's mind and we spoke on a daily basis about it and eventually we did come to the fore with it and we introduced it and everybody was skeptical because of what had happened in the past with uh, you know with the unsuccessful ones and um, lo and behold it's it's really taken off and it's taken us places that we never thought we would get to so it's just been a wonderful ride and the support that you get um, has been unbelievable um, you know as I say we've we've had a lot of Americans over we've had Australians and uh, the strength and numbers has grown astronomically and it, it wasn't really it was just ideas Robbie and I chucked it chucked around and we sort of put it all together and put it out there and the guys just they just joined I mean we've got a couple of girl fairies in South Africa Candy and uh, Tara, I mean they're fantastic farriers and um, yeah they're on board with us so it's just and it, it's really nice because we're all like a big family there's there doesn't seem to be much animosity with the farriers in South Africa as as much as there used to be you know there was always there was always two sides to the story or, or three sides should I say your side my side and the right side you know um, but we we haven't had any trouble like that and it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah, it's it's just amazing how it's taken off, and long may it last. It, it, I think it's been the longest surviving one, and and the most um, well attended, or should I say, uh, subscribed to association that we've ever had, and it just seems to be getting stronger. So obviously we're doing something right. Well, congratulations, because farrier associations the world over have problems. Yeah. Uh, and so well done for getting it going again. Um, can you tell us uh, what sort of events you put on and, and what the focus is of the association? Yeah, the, the, the main focus of the association is obviously um, education. There's always, always room for education. And uh, that, is, that is just, that's come to the fore. You know, you've got your Robbie Millers. We've, we've had the... Um, the, the sort of FITS exams come over here, which is a ferry international testing system that falls under, under our umbrella. And uh, that's been huge, a huge incentive for guys to get some sort of qualification because we had nothing. There was no qualification. There's no farrier colleges here. So what has happened, has transpired, is that we've got clinics that happen. We've got competitions. We've got international competitions. That is just in the last five to six years this has come about, which is absolutely amazing. And they are well attended. We've had great clinicians. We've had Craig Trinker, Dusty Franklin, Chris Gregory, Nikki Smith, um, Simon Curtis, obviously, which we'll get to just now when I'm finished telling the story. And, um, you know, what's, what the FITS exam has done is actually act as a stepping stone for guys to get papers. And then... We had a, a big international competition in, in Cape Town where uh, Craig Trinker was at and um, Simon asked us to pay for his ticket and he came and presented his new uh, sort of thesis on, on hoof growth, sole growth, etc. And it was an amazing experience and we spoke to him about if the Worshipful Company would ever be interested in coming to South Africa. And he said, look, if you get the numbers, yes. And... Um, We've done it, and uh, pretty successfully. 
Um, obviously, you have teething problems, which, which happens with any new sort of examination or competition. But on the whole, it was very, very successful. And um, it's just going to go from strength to strength. So, you know, I, the Worshipful Company of Farriers have, have been absolutely fantastic in, in allowing this to happen. Um, because for us to go over and a qualifier in the United Kingdom is going to be impossible because we're not affiliated to... To any farriers over there we you know you'd have to do your time whereas them coming out here has just opened so many doors and you will see that this will grow and grow and grow and what more do you want a whole bunch of good qualified farriers yeah well Horses. we i have to say that um uh, you know the reason i'm able to to do this interview with you robbie is because i'm here as you know because yeah. for the exams and we were really pleased with the level and of course I came here 12 or 13 years ago um, to Pretoria and I can see the change in standard. It is quite tangible, the change in standard of farriery skills um, here in the last uh, 12 years. So well done uh, to you and your association. Well, uh, you really got it moving. Yeah, we have got it moving, Simon, and, and thanks for that. But you know, at the end of the day, in the 12, 13 years ago, the guys weren't making shoes. I mean, I thought I was a farrier when I went to the United Kingdom. Well, that cut me short, very short. Um, I had never made a shoe in my life. Um, but you learn, and if you want it, you go and get it. And 12, 13 years ago when you were here, very few farriers could make shoes. Yeah. And that's where they've come in that time. And um, the new generation of farriers coming through are so thirsty for knowledge. They want to learn. They want to you know, and it's just a win-win situation, which is perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, as I say, we were most impressed and uh, we had great facilities and we were, we've been really well looked after. So that's all down to the barriers here. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, I hope it continues. I'm sure it will continue into the future. Now we come to the deep philosophical question uh, for you, Mr. Dawson. Yes. And that question is, what is the most important thing that you have learned in your life? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot of things I've learned in my life. Um, you, you're never too old to learn. Um, but one thing is, one thing I have learned in life, and that's through all the people I've met and the situations I've been in, there's always a solution to a problem. The word impossible actually has no meaning. That, that is one thing that I've learned. The word impossible has no meaning. Um, so as I say, the other favorite thing I've got is I don't look in the rear view mirror too much. It's very small. I'd rather look out the windscreen. Okay. Gives you a wider, wider view on life. Well, that's, that's great. And I, I know you as a very positive person. <laughs> and, and of course, that's one of the reasons you've, you've managed to help with getting this uh, association going and, and all the things. So. So where do you think, uh, what do you think about your future life? Because um, I have to say it that, uh, what are you, 52, 53? Yeah. So where do you think you're going to go uh, in future as a farrier? Or as a person? As a person. Yeah. As a farrier, I think, I would hate to ever say I'm hanging up my tools and putting my toolbox away and I'm never going to shoe another horse in my life. I would, I would dread that day. Um, my future lies obviously with this country and with the people in it 
and um, I'm very fortunate in that I've got a beautiful place where we are pre-training and breaking horses and spelling horses and I'm loving that. Um, so that is an avenue where I'd look to go. But the future of Ferry in South Africa, if we can carry on the way we are and even if I do have to stop shoeing somehow or for some cause or for some reason, I would still like to be involved to get the youngsters going through to, so they can have the quality of life that I've had and the people that I've met in my life. That's great. Well, uh, Robbie, you looked after me all this morning. You've been kind enough to give your time here uh, uh, to do this podcast. And as you know, you're a, a guinea pig. I've never done <laughs> one before. So I thought, well, who can we try it out on? Um, and I can just only thank you for giving your time and giving your wise words. Thank no, Simon, thank you very much. And I think just on behalf of all the fairies in South Africa, you know, a huge thank you to you and Stuart and James and Ginny, who's, I think you're really lucky to have Ginny. She's, she's, she is just a wonderful woman. Um, but on, on behalf of all the fairies in South Africa and, and everybody that has known you from South Africa and never, I mean, there's people that have met you that have only ever heard about you people. And for them to meet you in person is a huge honor. And it's been an absolute privilege and an honor to have you people here and just to help us carry this great trade of ferry into the future. Well, it's it was amazing. our pleasure. And if I can just finish by letting listeners know that Ginny, uh, Ginny is our registrar and, uh, and James uh, Sutton, Dr. James Sutton was the veterinary examiner. And, and of course, um, uh, Stuart was, uh, uh, Stuart Armstrong was our other farrier examiner. And we, as a team, had a great time and saw some great work. So once more, uh, Robbie, thank you very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. We'd like to thank Hoofcare Essentials Foundation and their partners for sponsoring this episode. You can find out more information at hoofcareessentials.com. You can follow more of Simon's work on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Simon Curtis. To get in contact, please email thehoofofthehorse at gmail.com. And for everything else, go to drsimoncurtis.com. Thanks for listening.